Welcome back, everyone. That was Cosmo Pike. It was a song called Social Sites. And you're listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I am Laura. Who are you? I'm Sapir. Oops. Sorry. I'm Sapir. And Laura are hosting B-Side Stories today. Thank you for joining us. Very excited for the second half of the show where we will be, you know, talking about um, a fighting sport. Not many people would intentionally put themselves in the path of a swinging axe or make a habit of getting into fights with a longsword. But that's what the sport of Boohurt is all about. It's a medieval combat sport where people dress up in armor and padding and have actual full-on fights with actual full-on medieval weapons like swords and shields and battle axes. And my guest today is Dana Bergen-Wyman. She's here to tell us more about what Boohurt is and about her trip to Europe to participate in two world championship competitions. Hey, Dana, welcome to B-Side Stories. I am very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Was that... Did I, like, get all the terminology? Did wow. I describe the sport pretty well in the you intro? did. Not only did you get my name right, but you also <laughs> explained things really well. Many people kind of trip up and go, you do what now? It's sort of things like um, underwriters for travel insurance. Like, pardon, you're going where and you're taking what through <laughs> customs and through security areas? And right. you're fighting where and what tournament? And so, so, yeah, so I've had to have a few conversations with people who deal with asking questions professionally. Yeah. And so, the, yeah, the sport of Boohurt, where it's like a catchphrase for medieval battle sport. Great. Mm. So uh, I guess my first question is, um, in this sport of, like, hitting people with swords and axes, how do you, how the heck do you keep from, like, stabbing each other. Ah, well, um, so uh, by the uh, application of a file, because everything is blunt. So, yeah, I mean, while um, the uh, weapons are based on what would have been used historically, it's a sport, and we don't kill our friends, (laughs) because then you don't have any friends left. (laughs) So, um, no, everything's blunted. Um, The other thing, too, is that um, we've all got um, uh, weight restrictions, so you can't, like, go and wielding something, like, really heavy, but also you can't go in and like wielding something like really light. Um, The other thing we have is everything is rounded off so it's called a Jacob's disc which is a small um, piece of uh, round metal and what it is is it means that um, we have to make sure that all our edges are um, um, as round as the um, diameter. So it was like um, you place like a 5 cent coin or a 10 cent coin because we don't have 5 cent coins anymore because I'm old Um, (laughs) on on the tip of the Um, spears or axes or swords Mm. or maces or anything that you're doing and you make sure it's rounded that and then you flip the coin over and you make sure it's at least that thick so um, you can't go in with anything that can slip through people's visors because I have my visor on the table here I was sort of like yes yeah I surprised Laura like hi I've bought stuff (laughs) it's a very very impressive yeah and so that's the other thing too like everything's it's made for me which means everything's bespoke so you have to um, you become friends with armorers or you learn how to do these things yourself which is why the sport of boo hurt and medieval battle sport uh, does very well in New Zealand 
Zealand because it's the whole DIY attitude. Like it's not like we can, you know, um, like the clubs in Europe, you know, go off and see all these places. We have to research this stuff from the internet. We have to speak to people. We have to like grab manuscripts and whatnot and figure out how to make it. So yeah, so um, so it's protection first, uh, followed by lots of training because there's two sorts of fitness. There's armor fit, which means you can move and everything and um, everything um, can also um, move freely around you so you don't like suddenly try and do something and then you, all your arms lock up or, or, or get stuck. Right. Um, and then there's um, actual general fitness, which is your cardio fitness. And that means you'll be running to and from the list as, as things are going. Because under international rules, if your country does not uh, present on the list, fully dressed, ready to go in under three minutes, you forfeit. Oh, yeah. So and, so, and then so when we're doing the three, what's the three minutes? Because Is that we're, how long you have to suit up? No. So no, no. Um, every time um, an international competition happens, um, uh, the calls for the um, you know coming up will be Ukraine versus New Zealand will always be done in the local language. So when I'm over in Italy, it will be done in Italian. Um, then when I'm in Scotland, it will be done. In English, uh, followed by um, the nearest um, uh, language. So when we were in Denmark, it was done in Danish first, followed by German, then followed by English, which means once I've got this helmet on, I can't hear very well. So I have to wait for people to tell me, okay, like you're ready to go on. So I would have spent um, the previous hour getting everything suited up, getting my nerves ready, emptying my bladder because once you're in this stuff like it's sort of like the running joke when all of us women are waiting around to fight there'll be somebody going oh I need to pee <laughs> and then we're all like we know the feels and so even though we don't speak all English um, it was one of the things that that happened last year I then got patted on the on the side by by Japan and then like um, America she leaned over and she was like yeah we know and South Africa was like yeah this is how you know I get out of my armor so it was one of those sort of things within the fighting sort of sport there's a fighting sorority as well and um, we we share things like you know how to how to basically get out of your armor quickly for <laughs> Real quick. so yeah so you would be prepared um, you would be hydrated you would be ready to go Everything would have been checked by the marshals, so you can't just roll up to these events and going, ha-ha, here is my handmade sword with my handmade stuff. So there are all of these uh, requirements that everyone must pass for so, safety checks. So that's safety of the weapons, but also the integrity of your armour? Integrity of the armour, make sure there's no big visible gaps. So mm. um, people who have um, you know, seen lovely illustrations with um, ladies wearing barely anything except for like a small chainmail bikini, I can dispute you of that um, image now I like my femoral arteries covered I like my carotid arteries uh, arteries covered so everything that I wear covers my body um, completely because if it's not padded underneath it's got either metal or chainmail over the top so um, our injuries are never are never stabbing injuries. Mm. You would get injuries because you've fallen over somebody who's already fallen over. So it's like, a ah, you appear to be on the floor and I've just fallen over you because I was fighting backwards. Or mm. um, we get um, we get crush injuries, which is where, um, you know, like you've just been hit by something really hard and you haven't got out of the way quick enough because that's, again, one of the things you learn in training, simply not being there when the weapon comes towards you. <laughs> so how to move in your armour as well. So, yeah, so safety first, followed by training, um, 
um, good kit and um, uh, then um, it's just have fun. Now the other thing too with all of our armour and weapons they're all consumables so you know like um, you'll see that um, my all of the lames and things on my fingers for my um, gauntlets you know when one of those comes off I need to replace them um, you know I've got lots of chain mail here as well um, on my helmet again um, if some of those get broken you need to replace them so yeah, it's like sort of wheels on your car like you can't drive without them but they need to be replaced every six months or whenever they wear so all of these dents and things that I've got up the top there when they yeah. get too bad yeah I need to get someone to literally buff them out for me um, because then the metal weakens and you can't be going on the battlefield with a silly weak helmet no mm. this is um what an amazing sport and a and I will say a somewhat of a bizarre undertaking. <laughs> how, how did you get involved? How did you come yeah. to uh, so be involved was, in the sport? I mean, um, I there was like a sort of a confluence of of things that happened. So first off, um, I studied up at Victoria University. So um, I'm a local here in Wellington. Wellington. And yeah, Wellington. And um, part of um, my uh, English literature degree was you either had to do Middle English, which is Shakespeare, or Old English. Now the Middle English class was all full, so I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I had to go into Old English, and I'd never done Old English before in my life. But um, you know, it was really exciting. Um, some of the, the things that we were translating, it was the time of Beowulf, so you know, the story of Beowulf, you know um, uh, our hero comes in um, you know, to rid the um, local populace of the monster um, you know, um, damages the monster, monster's mother seeks revenge. You know, there's Beowulf right right there. Um, and so we were, we were doing all that sort of stuff, so I was getting, um, I was getting sort of well, not a mesh, but I was getting introduced to this sort of world, the world that Tolkien, um, you know, the creator of Lord of the Rings, like that sort of stuff that he too was studying and um, saying to his students. And at the same time, I had a boyfriend cheat on me and I was very upset and I was very, let's just say I needed something to hit. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you come down to my local club which was the Society for Creative Anachronism. And we hit each other with sticks. And I was like, wow, this <laughs> seems to be a cathartic release. <laughs> and at the same time, the Company of the Dragon, which is the local medieval group for Wellington, they were training. So I moved from ECA to Company of the Dragon. And then um, I got to pretty much the top of the Company of the Dragon. Like I'd um, become club captain. Um, like I'd done all that sort of stuff. And that's when I was introduced to the sport of Boo Hurt. And um, the sport of Boo Hurt is international. So um, I got a a chance to um, participate to represent New Zealand and that's what I do with my club FELAG which is in uh, Wellington and FELAG means uh, friendship so it's uh, an old Norse word for friendship so yeah so with FELAG this is how I do Boohurt so uh, you know fast forward to 16 years later and here I am representing my country which is not a thing that when you first start off like a hobby or a sport you kind of you know you get it you get involved in the passion um, of it I made a lot of friends I've made a lot of friends in this um, sort of sport because again like you have to figure like clever friends too people who go oh well we'll do a forge and we can sort of figure this sort of thing out or I'm pretty sure that um, you know we could um, we could try and knock some chainmail up or something and then people who go off and read these things so you know like I'm, I am surrounded by a community of people who uh, you know for for want of a better words they figure stuff out like they figure things out and they yeah. get stuff done um, and so you know from from there now I also 
also have international friends. So again, the, the fighting sorority as well as the fighting fraternity. I'm looking forward to catching up with people um, because it's the funny thing about the sport is that we go hammer and tongs at each other. Like we punch each other in the face, like we're hitting each other with the, all of these weapons, including shields and stuff, and then we hug. <laughs> And then we drink. We call it liquid diplomacy. <laughs> Each country is expected whenever we do these events to bring um, an alcoholic beverage or a beverage of, of some sort from their country. And and at the end we have like a big huge feast and we all get on like a house on fire. It's great. That is exceptional. Yeah. What kind of people do you find are drawn to it? Are they all like history buffs and like people who watch too many movies? Or? A-type personalities for a start, oh. which means organising international travel. We should all not be travel agents. So yeah, if there's any travel agents out out there you are wanted in the medieval world um also patrons of the violent arts you too are needed because you know this is everything um expensive as equestrian minus the horse so you know all of this stuff is expensive as well so generally people who are um attracted to this yeah so they've either been drawn in because they're gamers so they've done role playing or they've worked out strategies and stuff. People who have been inspired by movies, um, you know, you've got um, the Lord of the Rings trilogies um, and um, as well as, you know, modern stuff like Game of Thrones. Um, mm. And then, um, you know, there's people like myself who were introduced to it through literature. So, you know, whatever way, pathway we sort of get to this, we all get to this sort of, um, you know, fighting is fun. But also I cannot... I cannot emphasize this enough. Like the fighting is not the be all and end all because in order for me to fight, there's got to be something, there, someone to help me with my kit. Like I have a squire, she will never let me mention her name, but she is very good at helping me with everything. You know, that's keeping me calm, that's doing everything up, making sure everything's like I wish I could travel with her, but she has a family and all, you know, all of those things. So I'm going to have to do this myself. Um, so, you know, and then there's my club as well. Felag has been incredibly supportive. Then coming out to there's my wider community. So just this afternoon, I um, I was um, given a gift of sponsorship of $1,000 from Ducks Financial Services. And in fact, they're just around the road from here. So, you know, like there's a community spirit as well that gets everybody there. You know, like last year I needed a flag. This year I need flagpoles because I carry two flags. I carry the New Zealand flag. I also carry the Tinotanga Rangatiratanga flag because my, my mother's people are Ngāti Kahu. So even then, there has to be an explanation to the commentators and the um, uh, people who arrange the um, tournaments why New Zealand, particularly this one woman, has two flags because mm. everybody else has one flag. And it's like, well, no, we legitimately have two flags and mm. here we go. And so, you know, um, there's, uh, you know, getting flags. I needed flags last year and um, flag makers came and helped me out. So, you know, there are, there are those sort of things that, you know, you're, when you're seeing a knight or somebody on in the sport, you're actually seeing a lot of other people's time and effort and spirit gone into that person to make them. And I'm getting that too with the Commonwealth Games, you know, seeing everything there. Um, you know, we've got, you know, Dame Valerie Adams, you know, we've got Laurel Hubbard, we've got all of these, you know, um, athletes that have tried, but um, they wouldn't be there by themselves. You know, like there's a there's training regimens, there's people going in. And so for the sport of boohood though, because we're still an amateur sport, you have to do it all yourself. So you yeah. really, really have had to be a Jill of all trades, you know, like there's the fighting and the training, which again is driven for me. I entered with passion, now I continue with fear. 
I need to do the best for New Zealand. I need to be visible for women. Like every time I think, oh, I'll just skip training. I can't think, no, because my competitors, they would have got out of bed. They would have gone to training. So, and I'm also guessing I'm not speaking alone here. I'm pretty sure that whatever sport you do, whether it be hockey or soccer or netball or anything like that, you know, there will be a thing that drives you that, um, you know, puts me out. So for me, I guess for me, I driven, I'm driven by the fear, but also I'm driven by the fact that like many people just assume. In fact, this happened at our last tournament at the um, at the Pacific Cup. My friend was filming when a chap standing next to her talking to another chap said, "No women do this." <laughs> She was like, yes, there is. There's that one there. And, of course, you know, when I've got my helmet on and everything, yeah, I just look like a short, fat bloke on the field <laughs> if you assume that everybody's a bloke. That's right. Um, but, of course, you know, there are women that, that participate in this as well. So um, there needs to be a visibility in that too because, you know, there will be other people – well, not other people. There might be other girls and women who are like, oh, I don't really want to participate because – I don't know if there's going to be anybody, if there's going to be any other woman on there. I can tell you now there are. We're just covered in armour and sure. we're having a ball of our lives. Come join us. And and would you recommend it for a woman, like instead of going to yoga or a spin class? Mm. Yeah, so um, you get about as much thrill as, um, you know, running running up and down a mountain. Like, you know, you, you know, slips, trips and falls. Well, <laughs> welcome to Boo Hurt, slips, trips and falls as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you it's like a game of rugby. You know, you're crash tackling all of um, these people. They're crash tackling you back. You are connected into a community. So I would definitely recommend it because the other thing too is that without more women involved in the sport, um, you know, we will never get a chance to have, um, uh, you know, our own sort of training in our own league because in New Zealand the genders are mixed and we mm. we train all together but when I'm in an international competition suddenly I'm in a gendered division and and that's because there are no gendered divisions in New Zealand because there's not enough women so I'm constantly sure. fighting chaps I'm constantly fighting people who are six foot and so I'm used to that sort of stuff yeah. um you know I'm not exactly a thin, slim person myself. I'm 120 kgs, but for the sport of boo hurt, practically everybody else is either 118 or you know 130. So I'm I'm the I'm the shape of a boo hurt fighter. <laughs> sure. But that also doesn't mean that if you're on the thinner side or on the slimmer side, there's there's no thing for you because there is in a team just like a rugby team there are the people who are the heavy hitters so it'd be people like myself there are the people who are runners and who who go and 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 seek out um you know opponents for me to take down with my axe so that's what that job is we all have um, a place uh, a job and then you start off you know there's squiring there's lots to figure out there will always be competitions that you can come along we always need to be driven places we always love people to drink with um yeah like uh, there is there's always a place for people in this sport definitely and you are off to Europe in yeah. May yeah uh, to fight in a couple of world championship competitions yes and um have you, have you done that sort of thing before? Yeah, so last year um, I represented New Zealand at the International Medieval Combat Federation that was held in Denmark. I came ninth. Not bad oh, for right. a first-timer. Um, so I represented New Zealand in women's poleaxe, um, but I also took part in the melee, which is a uh, flash, fancy French word for everybody fights. New Zealand is considered a um, part of the new world whenever we do our um, large group mass battles, and that's because New Zealand came to the European authorities 
after the discovery of America. So the dotted line of, you know, sort of, what is it, um, 1460s something, something, mm. um, everybody just, you know, who came to the European attention after that were considered New World, mm-hmm. which means we split our big sides into Old World versus New World. So that's how that happens. Because oh. otherwise, um, you know, you get some teams that are like really small, like Luxembourg, really small team, yeah. and then other teams like USA, which is huge. So, you know, we need to we need to be able to like split everybody down like a big dotted line. Sure. So this year um, I'll be a part of the ANZAC team. So that's the um, Australian New Zealand um, Armoured Corps. And um, it will be me and the Australian girls will be over um, in Rome. Um, we'll be um, representing uh, Australasia in the 5v5s, which means there's eight of us because if you um, lose your weapon in the middle of the tournament which happens because you're you know you're getting knocked you're getting jostled as well as you're knocking and you're jostling people um, you know and punching them you can't bend down because that means that you are a third point of contact on the ground you're considered a grounded opponent so you have to run back to your side and they're all they're all handing weapons out so they will be obviously handing weapons out to the opponents, um, but they're handing weapons out to you. Also, if stuff breaks, and it has done, I've had stuff broken on me and I've broken stuff, then you need to drop your broken weapons and you need to run back to your side. So there's, there'll be three other women who'll be doing that. And then if somebody's tired or injured, you swap out. So it'll be three rounds of one minute each. Um, and then I'm on the battle bus, um, which is me and a collection of other medievalists um, with our cold ham and cheese sandwiches, a vague plan, um, to head north, and uh, we travel over to um, Europe, um, to Scotland, um, taking the ferry. And um, the current debate is, should we stop an Asian core? But if we do, it might be like 3 a.m., so we're sort of trying to pick our times. And then um, I'll be representing, so we travel up, and then um, we'll be representing, I will be representing in New Zealand, in now three categories, not two. So I'll be representing New Zealand in women's pole axe, women's 1v1, and women's uh, sword and shield. Right so, on. Yeah, so um, I am New Zealand's woman's representative for this sort of thing. Um, but it doesn't mean that I always have to be. I would encourage anybody who's listening <laughs> out there, <laughs> come and train. <laughs> so tell me about that. we we got a few minutes left, mm-hmm. and I'd love to make sure we knock it off. Yeah. If somebody wants to see or participate in some medieval combat, what's the best way to do that? The best way to do that is to show up on a Wednesday um, at the Pony School Hall, which is in Lower Hutt, um, from 7 o'clock onwards, and that's where the FELAG um, group are training. Otherwise, you can um, look up FELAG on the internet, F-E-L-A-G. You can find me um, on um, social media as well. My hashtag is hashtag LadyBeastNZ. And so, yeah, we can put you in touch with, with any groups you don't need to stick to Wellington you can um there are groups nationwide so I can always help you find your group for you last question Mm. do you have a big goal for your international competition are you going to get be better even better than ninth yeah so um I'd like to be better than ninth oh it'd be awesome to win a medal but um, (laughs) I think my mum and my dad summed it up like my mum was like oh come back in one piece my dad was like don't embarrass the country So, yeah, like I'm trying not to embarrass the country, trying to do my best for New Zealand. (laughs) There is no way you can embarrass us, Dana. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, We'll make sure we get the link to your little fundraiser on the Facebook page so people can go check it out and support your trip. Yes, please. And best of luck for the world champs. Thank you. Sapir's going to send us out with a song. That's us for today. Thanks for listening to B-Side Stories. Ciao, everyone. See you next week.
program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.